0: Welcome to AMA Baltimore Marketing Stories, a podcast dedicated to exchanging ideas and delving into the minds of some of the leading marketers in the greater Baltimore area, brought to you by AMA Baltimore. In this season, we're taking you behind the scenes of some of the award-winning campaigns and agencies from our 2019 MX Awards. Now, here is your host, Casey Callanan. All right, welcome back to the AMA Marketing Podcast. AMA of Baltimore, I have two awesome guests with me today i can't wait to get this conversation started we have 2019 mx award winners in the category of new brand identity i have with me to my right michelle waldgeier of mw plus and crystal ferguson she's a graphic designer with uncanny design Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, thank you, Casey. Awesome. In unison, yes. Yes,
0: very cool. I am Casey (laughs) Callanan. I am the host of the AMA Baltimore Marketing Podcast. It is such a pleasure to be back with you guys. So let's talk this campaign that won the award for new brand identity. I want to, I'll turn to my right here, Michelle. Tell me about the creative process. Tell me about um, what I need to know from the beginning. What what was this project, and how did you end up becoming so successful with it?
1: (laughs) Well, I think probably we have to start by uh, just sharing uh, what is blockchain, since I bet uh, many uh, out there don't know, and quite honestly, a year ago, it didn't exist. So... uh, The new identity we created was the Flockgen name as well as the visual identity. But Flockgen is a startup that I got involved with a couple years ago and brought uh, Crystal on board to help me. But they're basically a business development uh, platform on demand. So for B2B companies of all sizes, Flockgen uh, helps different businesses bring new services to their customers at scale. Most of the time when you're trying to do BD or business development, you go about it in kind of that one-to-one partnership model. Unless you have a large budget, that is rough because it takes a lot of risk, a lot of expertise, a lot of money, and a lot of the small to middle companies out there just can't do it in a big way. And so what Glockgen does is it's a network where you can basically connect with multiple companies at once, and it's de-risked and taken all the limitations out of it. So that's basically uh, what the company is. But when Crystal and I got started, the company was much smaller and uh, actually something called Target Solar. And Do you remember that?
2: I remember Target Solar. Yeah.
1: and that. Orange and green predated us, uh, visual identity with the big solar panels. Yeah. But uh, the challenge for us was that the startup had evolved significantly and was pivoting to become an entirely new entity. So what they had learned and discovered in that first iteration uh, was gonna be used, but they were moving well beyond and away from just being a one-service organization And at that time they were both B2C and B2B, and they were moving to being very specifically B2B. Mm -hmm. And so they needed a hardworking brand identity to organize around and launch themselves. And so that's where we came in. And I think the other thing that I'll just share and warn everyone out there as we're talking, you'll understand that uh, like most startups, the brand identity was gonna be 90% of the entire marketing in terms of recruiting investors and early platform partners, and um, you know, like many startups, there wasn't a budget of a lot of dollars, nor was there a lot of time. So we had to be pretty scrappy, which is why I looked to my uh, friend Crystal, who we had worked together in the past. And uh, I don't know when I first approached you and said Target Solar was going to become something different. What did you think? You know, I was excited.
2: I mean, you know, you. When you start in one lane and you you have a brand, you have a brand in mind for one particular company, and then to hear that this company is now evolving because they're entering this new space is another exciting challenge to take on,
1: and that's how I approached it. Yeah, and one thing I was reminding uh, Crystal of that added to our sense of urgency is at the time that we were looking at this, and we'll talk you through it, but from beginning to end name, design the works. It was a six-week project. Um, But the other thing that was really driving the urgency is Crystal was in her third trimester and that due date was coming up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And who wants to go into labor with a deadline? Not I.
1: (laughs) So in terms of helping make decisions and move the process along, on top of everything else, uh, that impending due date was a Significant motivation.
2: Yeah. That's anything. To to There's that <laughs> nothing like a you know any day now due date that'll make you think a little faster and and on your feet a little sooner. So <laughs> it was a it was an interesting constraint to work
1: under, but it made again things more exciting. Got it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, any day it, <laughs> you could end up losing Crystal and the project needing to be put on the shelf if we didn't get far enough for several months. Wow. So. so.
0: So just to back up for our listeners, Flockgen was the client. Correct. You guys were in the role of agency.
1: Sure. Um, So I actually was working with Flockgen in the beginning as an independent consultant. Okay. I came on and was doing a couple projects. I then um, reached out to Crystal and basically brought her on board Mm -hmm. to do the design pieces of Mm -hmm. what I needed to do. Now, to make it even more complicated, after this project, when Target Solar became Flockgen, yes. I then joined the Flockgen organization okay. as their uh, CMO. Okay. So I switched sides, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And Crystal continued as the design agency that I worked with and continue to work with. Got it. But I think for the purposes of this award yes. um, and this particular project, I was an agency or a consultant in mm-hmm, essence mm-hmm. and then Crystal this particular project wouldn't have happened without Crystal's role. Got it. Um, you know certainly I could have gotten to the name part on my own and <laughs> did yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. but when it comes
1: to the visual identity <laughs> yeah. you do not want me doing it. For
0: sure. <laughs> For sure. Crystal you're the visual identity <laughs> guru
2: I
1: guess. Yay.
0: That's
2: great. Uh, you know a... Uh, if I could just say quickly, a designer is as good as the context provided. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having a box to exist in that you can then be creative about getting out of, yeah. um, is awesome. And, and Michelle is the best. She's up there with providing the proper context, yeah. the proper context, uh, and getting all the information that's necessary about the brand for me to really do what I do. Mm-hmm. And, a little simpler. So yeah. it's, it's awesome. She's yeah. awesome. Well, I have to say that,
1: that was one of my biggest concerns on this project. Because unlike a lot of other projects that I had done, when you have very limited dollars, very limited time, you really do have to create boxes and hard decisions and limit things significantly. And, you know, my biggest concern in doing that is to not be directive, but, to just set you know challenging problems that someone can solve and not feel handcuffed by them, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll get into some of these in detail, but, for example, we just took color out of the mix, a lot of the topography okay. pieces out of the mix and just picked lanes right from the start mm-hmm. and focused on the iconography and a few things we thought were going to be the biggest, most important pieces mm-hmm. but you know that was really how we were able to get it done on that timing. And I think the other thing that I'll say that, you know, everyone out there who may be uh, rolling their eyes and I can tell you there are plenty of times I've had this um, same feeling and I've spent years on projects like this in some of my past lives at the Procter & Gamble's and Clorox's of the world. But um, managing the executive expectations and the decision making to be able to get it done on timing like this and figuring out how do you bring folks into the process. And particularly in a startup, you're talking about the founders and the people who own this company and feel like it's it's them. And so there's nothing more personal than what you're naming it and the identity you're creating. And so to figure out a way to do that that brought, in our case, three founders into the process and feel like they were getting to make plenty of choices but to make them really really fast and not be able to change your mind and keep going forward not yeah. back was I think one of the biggest challenges beyond all the business challenges we can talk about if you're interested in sure
0: let's let's talk about <laughs> it what, what did you have to overcome to make this a reality <laughs> well, we talked about the pregnancy <laughs> I think it's going to be yeah. tough to top that one. We, we could,
1: sure. so, so I think, um, you know, for starters, you're talking about doing something where you don't have a budget for research. Uh, you don't have a lot of folks with experience doing this. And in particular, this startup, uh, basically the business model, and you heard me describe it a little bit was really unique to the market. So it didn't have a clear competitive set and to be quite honest, that was the first of what were probably going to be many pivots as most startups go through, and so we needed to develop something that could evolve significantly as it scaled and scoped and, yeah. you know, moved around, and so yeah. that uh, made it pretty challenging.
2: Yeah, I, w- I would agree, you know, the, <laughs> the most exciting thing about a startup I'm learning mm-hmm. is the pace at which it evolves. Um, And so you may have a a context on this particular day, but then something happened and then that context shifts a little bit. Um, I think of a component like the the flow chart that we had to do, the business model Mm -hmm. um, and how the language shifts. And so when the language shifts, well, does this image now support that? Oh, my goodness. We have to revise this. Um, how to revise it with this new way to make sure that we hit these new, you know, contextual elements that they're trying to put forward. So the pace at which things change, um, you know, comes as a challenge. But again, you know, my role is to. OK, well, here's the challenge. Let's let's communicate it
1: visually and make sure we land in a place where everybody's happy. For sure. Yeah. And let's um, put a pin in that. And at the very end of this, uh, come back to uh, what are the things that we should do differently? Cause there's something yeah. about the business model okay. that at the very end, okay. <laughs> I'll, uh, you know, lesson learned what I wish I could have done differently, <laughs> but yeah, maybe yeah. it would help to just really, Talk through the process a bit and Go ahead. maybe focus in on some of these different uh, key choices. By all means. So, as I mentioned, six weeks beginning to end. Mm. And I break that into two brand, parts.
0: A, for a new brand <laughs> identity, you have six weeks. Go make it happen. That's tough. A for
2: a startup. Easier. For a startup. <laughs> That's
1: important to say. Yes. For a startup. So, um, and I'd say part one was... All of our discovery, which as I said, uh, we spent zero on research, and the entire name ideation. So that was a two week process. And then from the point we handed Crystal the um, creative brief to when all the files came back, you know, business cards, favicons, every version, yeah, yeah. was four weeks. And you still had several days before you went into labor, right? I did. Not Got many. <laughs> Not many. <laughs> But, um, so maybe let's talk a little bit about the discovery piece and, you know, we're target solar at that point and now we need to be something else. And how do you get to basically in the period I just described a name? Mm -hmm. So with no budget, uh, for research, we basically had to depend on what everyone else had done. So yeah. did a pretty extensive environmental audit okay. of all sorts of other company brand names and their visual identity, mm-hmm. which you know in a digital age is very easy to get access to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the two areas that uh, really focused and went deep, uh, I would say half of what I looked at were tech platform companies and really that whole ecosystem or ecosystem. Um, And I was particularly looking at ones that had been successfully funded, including some of the unicorns out there. So, for example, looking at online marketplaces like a home advisor, a thumbtack, a porch, or looking at the alternative brokerage sales models. So the real estate, the open doors, the knock, the square foot. But really looking at all of those, and when you put them all together you start to see patterns and senses of what's going on. Uh, the same thing looked at, we're looking at all the lead gen and related marketing services companies out there. And it is amazing how many companies either use the word lead or a variation of the word or that concept of connecting. Wow. And so you know, very quickly, particularly the ones that you know are pretty well funded and have been successful, you can make some observations Mm -hmm. as well as figure out what you like and don't like. But literally, that was the only research that we did beyond once we got to a name, basically looked at every other flock brand, visual identity out in the world, any industry, to get some inspiration on topography and iconography. And so the first key choice that made is we picked a lane in terms of names and decided that we're only going to focus on finding descriptive or suggestive names of our core benefit. Mm -hmm. And so we basically, if you think of the name continuum where there's generic on one side, the fanciful on the other, we basically picked a lane within that and said we're only going to brainstorm. And only look for names there. So that was the first step. So then we were ready to do the brainstorming on names. And um, I think occasionally I was bouncing things off Crystal, but I was doing this with those three founders I mentioned.
0: I'm a visual person. So when you talk about this spectrum of naming a business, on one end you have something that probably has nothing to do with the business, and it's something completely abstract, and then you have something that specifically on the opposite end of that spectrum is completely what the business is exact to a T. Is that kind of how the spectrum looks?
1: So yeah, um, different organizations will develop this framework a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but um, on one end is the generic, and so those are like, you're using industry standard um, language and terminology, so Salesforce. Yeah. Home advisor. Okay. Um on the opposite end are the fanciful names. They bear no relationship to any okay. good or service. That's what I was getting. And okay. those are the easiest ones when you're worrying about um IP. The easiest ones to trademark to get the URL for. Yeah. Because so Vivent, Zillow, yeah. these created names. The problem with those are in this day and age. If you don't have a boatload of money to spend behind it... On the IP? Uh, on the... Um, Trademark. On that name, yeah. how are you going to build awareness of it? And you've got to make that, that name too. mean something. That too. Okay. So where we focused, and they are kind of... If you're doing a continuum, kind of the closest into generic, typically, the next one is it's descriptive. It describes some aspect or characteristic. Uh-huh. So... Um, since we were looking at solar, solar city, sun run, uh, very, um, descriptive on the marketing side. Back when we were in, let's say exact target, um, suggestive are more the alludes to or suggests a good or service. Okay. And so that might be something like Marketo where it's, it's suggestive, but it's, it's moved closer to that fanciful. Got it. Um, canva mm-hmm. so those are yeah, yeah, canva. Mm-hmm. and so if if I was back doing from an agency standpoint or in a big organization, I might spend months doing research on all these different things and understanding from the perspective of whoever the ultimate audiences were mm-hmm. and really looking at all these working with lawyers to do all sorts of searches mm-hmm. and so instead, what we did here is we picked a spot yeah, and then we gave ourselves basically seven to ten days to make a go, no-go decision. And we were basically, if we had a name we loved, at the end of that period, we'd move on. Yeah. And if we didn't, we'd move on and punt on brand ID for, you know, another three or four months yeah. until the next time we could look at it. it. And so, that seven to ten days, mm-hmm. the biggest thing that we did there is we started out pretty broad and so we wanted a descriptive or suggestive name of specifically the role that Flockgen was playing. And so we looked at a lot of different things that meant convener, suggested the convening role. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you can imagine in the world of marketing everyone's already co-opted words like hub and There are all sorts of words that are out there. Um, The community role, the trusted relationship, uh, and certainly all the having a positive business impact, the movement motivation. And so we were looking at all sorts of stuff. And very quickly, I realized we could spend forever on this. And so I realized I needed to really narrow. Mm -hmm. And as we were coming back with a bunch of different ideas... One in particular I was excited about, others were excited about, and clearly the CEO had a lot of energy behind it. He had even sent me um, some articles when he had proposed the word flock. Mm -hmm. So if you think about flocks, how they work is when they fly in that V formation, they're faster and stronger and more efficient together. And so trying to get at a lot of the different ideas, and I could talk to you for the rest of this podcast about the different ways flocks and birds, but it worked. And because the ultimate decision maker was going to be the CEO, you know, this was his company, and it was something he was excited about, others were interested in it, within a couple days, I basically got everyone to agree, let's focus on flock right now and do all of our Brainstorming around that. So for the next ten days, we looked at it exhaustively. Mm -hmm. We did a deep dive on flock, (laughs) and you know what that means is every possible direction, every kind of technique, from every kind of prefix to every kind of suffix to replacement, alliteration, blend. You know, if you're into naming. And I, I went back and looked, and let me actually look here. But there, is, there are hundreds of these. Yeah. And so basically in every direction, we went deep and really exhausted every possibility. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing that made it easy to cut a lot of those out was this thing needed to be unique. Yeah. So we needed to be able to get the URL, it needed to be what I call trademark and search friendly. And we couldn't spend a lot of time figuring that out. So if I couldn't Google or look on the trademark search database yeah. and figure out this was gonna be easy and I could for a hundred dollars, you know, just buy the URL tomorrow, mm-hmm. we moved on. Yeah. And so that decision of picking flock within days, you know, maybe there would have been another that would have been Better, although we're all very happy with Flock, mm-hmm. but we just we picked yeah, lane, and then we went deep. Yeah, be decisive at some point. Yeah, and so I think, you know, what happened there and why we ended up with Flock Gen is the suffix Gen gave the brand name extra energy, mm-hmm. and when remember when I talked about this needed to potentially be very flexible, yeah. so it could convey a lot of positive ideas and we didn't really have to pick one right now. So, you know, it generates success. It's the next generation way for businesses to connect and partner. Totally, It's, you're talking about doing better quality demand generation or, you know, lead gen, but a better way. Mm -hmm. Um, So what ultimately happened is there were plenty of tire kicking and, you know, second-guessing, well, what about this? Are we really sure for a few days? Yeah. But ultimately, all three of the founders voted for Flockgen, and it was my personal favorite of the list. I don't remember if it was your top one. I know I, I asked you and some others on the side. Oh, I know it was. <laughs> oh, good. It was. Very and so good. so we knew we had a winner. Totally. And, and there were so many cool, creative things that – now we've gotten to do some of them, but, you know, lifting your business with the power of Flockgen or the Flock Factor, or there are all sorts of creative yeah. things we could do with Flocks See, this and Birds. Is, this is
0: why you guys are good. This is
1: why guys are good. <laughs> but so, so that put us, you know, two weeks in and uh, had a design brief. And I think the key thing um, with that design brief, and you talked about putting you in a box, Crystal, hmm. I feel like we like, it was a very small, small box to put you. In. <laughs> I don't know if you looking back at the creative brief. What was your thought when we brought it over and talked it through?
2: I mean, the box is just the nature of the challenge. You know, it's the constraints. Mm-hmm. It's the is here is the messaging. And this is where we're trying to go. And, you know, this is why we're trying to do it. And that's the box. It's not a metaphorical cage. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not that kind of box. Um, it's, it's just really the, the constraints and, um, Michelle, like she said, is is great at allowing me to just explore, yeah, you know, yeah. which way we could take it based on what I'm given. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so I thought it was a great, beautiful box, Michelle. <laughs> <I get it. laughs> so for those of you designers out there, what we basically did is we said, hey, the number one priority is conveying the flock concept with some type of iconography. And when we looked at a lot of the um, worldwide, who was using flock out there? Yes. Um, That helped us to come to that. And we were even more specific within that in terms of what our likes and dislikes were. Mm -hmm. Because when it comes to flock, they are birds, they are feathers, there's so many ways you can visualize it. But we even shared within that, kind of likes and dislikes. Mm -hmm. What we didn't let uh, Crystal play with was color. Uh, I had a palette from a past project that I'd never really gotten to use that had blue and uh, gray. And as, you, as everyone who's ever done any work knows, blue is certainly always wins with uh, consumers <laughs> as the top color. Okay. If you looked at the world we wanted to look like we were a part of, mm-hmm. half the designs out there were using it. So while we weren't taking a risk, we were playing it safe. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically said, this is your color palette. And quite honestly, the name of the blue from the past that we used was sky blue. Absolutely. So if you think about birds and blue, hopefully you didn't feel too constrained. No, I,
2: you know, again, it's, it's a part of the messaging. And, you know, as a designer, the more narrative you have, to me, that's the more freedom that you have, because you can, you know, if there is no box, you'll go all you'll go all over the place, yeah. and so the box is necessary for a designer for me as a designer. The box is necessary because again, you could spend your wheels going down many lanes with yeah. just the words block and understanding mm-hmm. what that metaphorically represents for this mm-hmm. business and in the stage that it's in. Yeah. So you know. The color was sky blue. I know exactly where she was going with that. Yes, birds are in the air. Blue skies are optimistic, positive. It's yes, forward. It's like sunshine. Everybody oh, yeah. likes a blue sky. <laughs> and so, you know, you just, you go with it. It makes sense. If it were something that didn't make sense to Michelle, no, no she would have
1: told me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I
0: think you guys have a good uh, report
1: here. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. the other one that basically very narrow lane yeah. was all the, uh, topography options and yeah. even just the the treatment in terms of yeah. capitalization lowercase mm-hmm. we just set up front mm-hmm. needs to be communicated as two words but would like it to be equal treatment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if one is emphasized a little more with whatever you're doing it needs to be flock not gen Yeah. and um we want the f capitalized mm-hmm. uh as many of you know there's a to Slack out there that's name is just Flock and it's yeah. all lowercase yeah, yeah, yeah. so there were a bunch of different reasons we wanted that separated For sure. I think the only thing that we were kind of open on was is it an uppercase or lowercase yeah. g yeah. But, and we preferred I think sans serifs and some other things but, but literally um, those were the executional mm-hmm. constraints that normally if there was a lot more time Uh, We wouldn't have, uh, I'm glad it's not a cage, but we wouldn't have put it on there. So your first step in round one, uh, tell us about the iconography bird exploration and beyond.
2: So, you know, a flock flock is represented visually a number of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as a designer, with that not being one of the limitations, you know, Mm -hmm. I just, hey, Crystal, you know, we're exploring birds this way, these kinds of birds and so as a designer you start again to look at the narrative and the messaging right. and you say well based on the model of this company and let me back up a little bit let me say something that's really important and i think michelle at least appreciates this before i do anything i have to understand what this business does and what it's setting out to do and how it works that's key um otherwise on my own i can you know say flock and i might explore you know random group of birds well given the platform that this company was trying to create that visual would not support that narrative as strongly as uh, a, a different arrangement of those birds so all of this narrative and messaging is key to helping me again think faster get to a broader solution I mean get to a better solution in as few days as possible you know that, that my brain space can handle so you know looking at the first round as Michelle already hinted to we looked at you know all uppercase all lowercase sans serif slab serif serif serif. <laughs> um, do these birds have a lot of shape are these birds flying in you know uh triangle formation are they pointing to the left are they pointing 45 degrees are they going up and over are they are they round birds are they arcing over because we're launching you know are we launching off the word are we incorporating into the mark we we explored a full gamut of you know what can this be yeah and what's going to resonate with the founders so you know, first round is always great because you can go in any direction. Mm-hmm. You're like, please let something land. Yeah. You know, you, you put up 12 marks and you're like, yeah. I hope something land. And and um, when I say 12 marks, we did not present that to the client. Mm-hmm. That was between that Michelle was,
1: and yeah, I. Yeah, the two of us. <laughs> yeah, I'll call it round 1A. Yeah, round,
2: that was an internal round of review totally. because uh, we know in this industry sometimes the more options – create uh, more confusion and, yeah. and more time. And so, you know, between Michelle and I, we looked at, of course, a larger number mm-hmm. of marks to then kind of narrow down, okay, which one is really representing True. this and why? And let's, you know, explore in another step in order to present to the client.
0: Okay. I want to work towards wrapping up. So I know you mentioned, Michelle, you wanted to talk about um, if there was anything you would have done differently to the, to the audience. Do you want to... Do you want to hit on that now?
1: Sure. So as you can imagine, uh, we came out with some birds that we liked and a mark that we were all excited about. There were two things that uh, when I step back now, one is we made a decision to capitalize the F, but it's Flockgen is all, the rest of the word is all lowercase. Okay. And that works great in the mark. We all liked it a lot. But when it comes to your typing the name, in your texts or your emails, and this is, you know, a new word for folks. Yeah. And you don't have the color or um, other treatments to communicate flock and gen are mm-hmm. or different, or different words. It's hard for folks to read that CKG in the middle because mm-hmm. they've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And so what I found is a lot of Folks, Our sales team and others would start capitalizing it or you know, to help in those early days. So I probably would have wanted to spend a little more time on that one because it caused me a little bit of grief down the road. Sure. And then the other thing, uh, Crystal mentioned really taking the imagery that we were creating from a brand and creating a visual of the business model. I wish we had invested more time, maybe after she came back from maternity leave, but you know, before we launched, uh, to really nail down the business model visual, and to ultimately even do our video yeah. of describing it at that point, so we could have launched then. We didn't get to that till six or eight months later, mm-hmm. and what happened is, this is a really hard business model, but when you visualize with these flocks of birds it's very easy to communicate the idea of most networking is one-to-one and this is one-to-many and when you have all these flocks with the different colors and the birds flying together and it just clicks for folks and really in our discussions and we'd have to spend time in the discussions wow that's a cool name or I like this this logo how'd you come up with it we would in you know those first 5 to 10 minutes with a new investor prospect or a new partner prospect have these great conversations but if we had been able to put that all together right at the start mm-hmm. we would have been there right then and could have gone straight to the next part you want to get to with investors and partners and that's the the seller the ask mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so just took us a little bit too long to get there in retrospect.
2: <laughs> Crystal,
0: any other final thoughts?
2: Um, Yeah, I think, you know, one thing, and I, I know I mentioned this to Michelle along the way, um, is the brand has a huge icon <laughs> library. <laughs> I mean, I think we were just running off easily 40 icons. Wow. And, you know, again, the time... I really, my, looking back on it, I would say, man, and I said to Michelle, I said, Michelle, we really need to like redo all these icons because we're just creating them as needed or requested, you know, in a way that makes sense. And so when you're working fast and you're just, you know, trying to make these things all look like they live within the same family, Mm -hmm. um, if when I go and I look at it, I'm like, man, yeah, I wish I could have had more time to really develop that iconography system that felt a bit more accustomed to what we achieved and the identity mark.
1: Yeah. And one thing just for folks why there were so many icons is rather than using stock photos every time we added a new service we had a different icon for the service as a way both on in website and knowledge base and all the online and all of our materials to communicate it. And so you know, every time we had a new partner with a new service,
2: oh, yeah. we needed some new icons. <laughs> wow. Five new icons. They never came in one at a time.
1: They yeah. always came and in Waste management or telecommunications or you name it, it was... <laughs> yeah.
0: I think you guys have given so much information and useful hints and hacks on launching a new brand and especially the name the naming that goes into it and it's just so cool to hear you guys in your thought process on how everything went clearly you have great chemistry where you're able to work as, as such great partners in making this happen uh, I'll just ask if you guys want to mention where folks can go to maybe learn more about MW Plus or Uncanny Design, Crystal, would, would you want to start?
2: Sure. You can uh, check out my website yeah. at unkannydesign.com. Sure. Uncanny with a K.
1: Uncanny with a K, just like Crystal. All
2: right. Sure. You know,
1: and best way to contact me is, uh, again, my name is Michelle Waldgeier. Just reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to partner with you through, you know, the consulting work I do, mm-hmm. or with FlopGen or, you know, any number of ways. Uh,
0: Great, yeah. This was so awesome. Again, folks, my guests today have been. Crystal Ferguson, she's a graphic designer, and Michelle Walgier, who is uh, with MW Plus, in this awesome project that we just discussed with Flock Gen winning the new brand identity category in the twenty nineteen MX Awards. Congratulations on the award!
1: Thank you, Casey. So Thank you, Casey. Great
0: stuff. <laughs> thanks for listening to AMA Baltimore Marketing Stories. This podcast is brought to you by the American Marketing Association Baltimore Chapter. For more information about the MX Awards or AMA Baltimore, please visit us at amabaltimore.org. That's amabaltimore.org.